0: to the edge, basic backs, right on. The only podcast taking you under the helmet. Green, daddy, Expert analysis, breaking down the quarterback play in the NFL each weekend. Don't that feel good when your crowd behind you? Let's give them something to cheer for now. This is Inside the Pocket Woo-hoo. with your host, Greg McElroy. Welcome in. It is Inside the Pocket. I'm your host, Greg McElroy. Our producer, Andrew Emmer, is back in the studio. Hope Week 9 treated you as well as it treated some of our quarterbacks that we saw scattered throughout. There were incredible performances littered all throughout the league. So actually choosing the spotlight was somewhat difficult. Uh, Usually it's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. Try to mix it up. Don't want to show too much love in one direction or another. But I felt like this performance this week, albeit the fact that it's his second start ever, and it's a win on the road, I felt like Tua Tonga-Vailoa was deserving of this week's quarterback spotlight. It's pretty impressive to see the start that he's on so far. Granted, of course, week one for him as a starter went about as well as you could expect, given the fact that he didn't have to do hardly anything. (laughs) I mean, It was pretty much really about his entire defense uh, and special teams really having a huge impact on the outcome of the game. He served more as a placeholder, didn't have to do a lot, did throw his first career touchdown pass, but everything taken into account, he didn't do a whole lot in his first career start against the LA Rams, granted in a win. He is 2-0 and now though, after going on the road and playing quite well against another excellent young quarterback, in Kyler Murray, uh, and he did so playing really beautifully. Just as far as the stat numbers, the stats are concerned, you know, I mean, it's not going to jump off the page. I mean, he threw for 248 yards, a couple touchdowns, completed over 70 percent. But it's the plays he made with his legs and the things he did instinctively that really stood out. Another thing that I thought was quite interesting. A lot of people have knocked Tua. Well, does he have a huge arm? I'll say this. I thought his arm looked really solid in the victory against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, a 10-yard throw is not a ridiculously deep throw in the NFL by any stretch, but he was 8 of 10 on throws that traveled more than 10 yards downfield after what was a kind of subpar effort on those such throws in his first start. His first start, he went one for three. Uh, He averaged nearly nine air yards on his completion Sunday after averaging just under three and a half in his first game. And if you want to take the two throws he made at the end uh, of his first career NFL game, then his air yards nearly tripled, if you take that into account. Uh, Another thing, too, He completed nearly 93% of his passes against four or fewer pass rushers. He was 13 of 14. That's the second best total by a rookie with 10 plus attempts in the last 10 years. Think about that. Just historically great performance. Now, I mean, let's not get too carried away. This guy's in his second career start. He goes 13 of 14 when facing four or fewer pass rushers. What I also want to acknowledge about Tua's performance is the fact that in the first half, he didn't face a lot of blitzes, but when he did, he didn't really do all that well. He was one of five for five yards against pressure against Arizona in the first half. But what I was so proud of with Tua was how he handled that pressure in the second half. Now, obviously, the Arizona's defensive personnel and their defensive staff said, hey, we got to ramp up the pressure on this guy. Let's see how he handles it. So they did. And in the second half, he got blitzed on 64% of his dropbacks, as opposed to the 32% he faced in the first half. So the blitz numbers doubled. And he completed 75% for 65 yards and a touchdown. Like I said, first half, he was blitzed on one out of three of his dropbacks. He completed just 20% of his passes for five yards. But in the second half, when the pressure numbers were ramped up considerably, his performance against those pressure numbers ramped up as well, which tells me Tua understands how to hit the curveball. And the first at-bat, if you will, the first half of the game against the Cardinals, he didn't hit it so well. But guess what? As the game went along, he got a little more comfortable and started to display the greatness that we saw for so many years at Alabama and at the high school level. Really encouraging second start. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of what we do here on the quarterback spotlight. The Tua's... I guess the the first quarter will kind of breeze through. There's not a whole lot to see, but let's go quickly to the second quarter of action when I thought he really started to get comfortable. We don't have to go too deep into the second quarter, too. Let's go to fourteen eighteen remaining in the second quarter. Now I thought this was a really nice throw, and what I thought was really unique is that he clearly is able to manipulate the defenders. This particular case, you have a two by two alignment tied into the right Z receiver to the right. You have your H or your F depending on what you label the slot. And then you have your X to the left. But this is man free. It's pretty simple with press coverage across the board. So if you get a chance to throw the ball down the field, you should take advantage. But sometimes with the free safety where he's at, the free safety is on the left hash. At the snap of the football, he's actually at about the 31-yard line. Tua wants to throw it to the left. So there's not a lot of room. Safety's in the left hash. Tua wants to throw the go ball to the left to the X receiver. And he knows he has to influence that free safety because there's just not that much room to get the ball up and down. So what does he do? First three steps of his drop, keeps his eyes right down the middle of the field, holds that free safety, and quickly... If you look at the X receiver, and the X receiver in this case is Williams, the X receiver releases inside. Releasing inside is a difficult spot for the quarterback because you cannot throw the ball to the sideline. You have less room to work. When the receiver releases inside, the quarterback, you almost have to throw it on more of a line because you can't allow the receiver to adjust to it by throwing it to the sideline. So your margin for error is considerably less. That coupled with the fact that the free safety is already on the near hash. So it's not an ideal release given where you're trying to throw the football. But I give to a remarkable credit on this throw. He's able to get the ball up and down. He checks the leverage of the wide receiver relative to the corner who is on the receiver's back, but he also checks where the free safety is going to be heading. He knows he's got to get the ball up and down. He throws the ball and drops it in the bucket at about the 49-yard line. His 49-yard line. The free safety is actually on the other 48-yard line. So if Tua throws it three yards further upfield, this ball is either intercepted or it's an absolute kill shot on his wide receiver. Instead, it's a beautiful 35-yard completion And even in spite of the defensive pass interference, it didn't matter. But just a little bit of of what you've come to expect with Tua, his accuracy, his understanding of where defenders are, and his understanding of the bigger picture. Let's go fast-forwarding just a little bit more. In the second quarter, 10 minutes and 25 seconds remaining. This is relatively simple, but given the fact that it's third and seven, I thought it was really encouraging. Young quarterback, third and seven at the nine-yard line. Natural instinct is, you know, I want to see a guy get in the end zone. I got to throw it to the end zone. Well, not so fast. You don't have to. Because you can throw it underneath and just trust your wide receiver to go get the necessary yardage. Well, in this particular case, it's exactly what he does. The read key is on the right hash. He's covering the tight end. It's man coverage underneath, at least between the read key and where you're trying to read. It's a high-low read, man coverage on the tight end. So as soon as Gaseki, the tight end, releases vertical, Tua's eyes immediately, before he even takes the first step of his drop, are on his read key. Like I said, that read key is on the hash. Well, as soon as that read key turns his back, Tua knows right now, third and seven, get the ball out. And it is out in an instant. To Williams. He throws it to Williams, who's at the five yard line, three yards short of the line to gain. But because of how quickly this ball got out, it allowed enough time for Williams to turn upfield, to go vertical, not just pick up the first down, but actually score with the football. So this was a great job of understanding look, the windows in the red zone are really tight. You got to get the ball out quickly. And if you don't get the ball out quickly, the likelihood of Williams picking up this first down is probably a whole lot less. Bad coverage defensively, but still. The quickness that Tua was able to go through his read in a condensed part of the field, I thought was really encouraging, given that he's only in his second career start. Let's go fast forward a little bit more. Four minutes and 21 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Thought this was beautiful. And this is just Tua. I mean, this is just him. There's a certain magic that comes with Tua that you just can't quite wrap your head around. I'm not really sure why but he has instincts that you just can't totally comprehend. And this is about as, a, as instinctive a play as, as you'll find. This particular play, they bring pressure off the left-hand side. It's protected, but not protected perfectly because he does have a hat on the hat. However, the defenders are closing quickly. And as Tua off-play action reaches the top of his drop, he knows if he stays put, if he stays stationary, he is going to get absolutely smoked. So what does he do at the top of the drop? He immediately steps up and steps up with a lot of force. And he starts to immediately threaten the line of scrimmage, going north and south as fast as he can towards the line of scrimmage. This does a lot for the defenders. They think that he is about to take off and run. It's what most quarterbacks do, especially early in their years. They take off towards the line of scrimmage 100 miles an hour, they think he's going to become a runner. So what does that do? Those defenders whose eyes are in the backfield, they converge, they condense, they move towards the quarterback, which allows throwing lanes all over the field. Here, Tua, in an instant, in a split of about half a second, he runs towards the line of scrimmage as fast as humanly possible. He sees those defenders converge, and he somehow, out of the right corner of his eyes, is able to locate Devontae Parker, who's working on an out route at the 42-yard line. He throws a perfect strike in stride in a very quick period of time to be able to hit him and allow Devontae Parker to make the first guy miss and to pick up a couple extra yards. It's just an amazing job of being aware of where you're at on the field, feeling the pressure, stepping up, running forward, threatening the line of scrimmage as you climb, and instinctively feeling that presence condensed towards you on the right-hand side, which allows for the throwing lane to come open. Just a beautiful, beautiful throw, beautiful execution, exactly how they teach it. Let's go next to 29 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Second down and 16, two-minute drill. It's amazing to watch these rookies in the NFL play the two-minute offense because this is really what separates the men from the boys in the NFL. So many games are won and lost by stealing points at the end of half and or by winning a game at the end of regulation in a two-minute drill. I love the poise here. This was just awesome because this shows you, hey, even when things aren't right, it doesn't matter. Tua can make you right. Well, in this particular case, his running back hangs him out to dry. This is a pretty simple pressure. There's nothing to it. It is about as easy as it gets. It's a four-man simulated pressure But the running back, because Tua didn't redirect the protection, is responsible for the blitzer coming off the left-hand side. He's coming in the left side B-gap. And that's okay. It's To be expected, two-minute drill probably not going to have your mic point, your protection declaration, your adjustments as dialed in as they would be in a normal down-and-distance. Two-minute things are moving a little faster. So Tua doesn't get it protected, which is fine. His running back ultimately is the one that hangs him out to dry. As Laird releases out into the route, when he should be held in for the protection. That's okay, though. Tua, calmly, with tremendous poise, says, no, 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 that's the guy that should be picking you up. And since he's not picking you up, he's wide open because you're responsible for him. And Tua just dumps it to him. I mean, this is a sack fumble for a lot of quarterbacks. For Tua, calmly, no problem. No problem. That guy's wide open. I'll just drop it off to him and take advantage of our mistake don't let our mistake kill us and actually make a somewhat positive play out of it. So I just thought that was a good demonstration of Tua's poise. Let's go next to the third quarter with 55 seconds remaining. Uh, Another good opportunity to see the blitz off the edge and throwing it really from the defender uh, and and throwing it really away from the presence. So you're going to see, you see all those... Guys at the line of scrimmage, they end up only bringing five. It's not crazy, but still pressure. Nonetheless, it shouldn't override your protection, but sometimes because of mistakes made within the protection, it does. Well, it's exactly what happens here. They run a little loop twist on the left-hand side and a guy gets free and he's got a full speed run at Tua tonga So Tua in his own end zone has to get the ball out really quickly remind you, this is third and nine backed up in your own end zone in a really close contested game. And by the way, they just got down at this point, they're down 31-24. So this was kind of with your back against the wall, got to have it situation because of safety, which this could have very easily been might put you in a really tough spot to potentially win the game. So third nine, this is a game-changing play. Bust in the protection, guys coming free. Tua understands and feels that that guy's coming free, but my goodness, he beats that free rusher with the ball and does so beautifully. You look at the bust up front in the protection, if you can see it from the rear view, the loop, the twist, the tight end is completely messed up, doesn't get it passed off with the tackle. But Tua... Also recognizing on the curl route where the defender who's covering the curl, he's going to play it to the inside. Tua throws it to the right shoulder. Tua, looking at the receiver, throws it to the right shoulder, the receiver's left shoulder. And he throws it away from the defender's presence. I mean that's a heck of a throw with the guy barreling down at you in your own end zone in a gotta have it third and nine at the end of the third quarter of your second career start. That's a heck of a throw heck of a throw, potentially, you know, a game changer for Tua as he put that together and put a beautiful throw on it. Uh, Later in this drive, by the way, they go all the way down and end up scoring a touchdown. Uh, That was the game tying touchdown at that point. So this drive really made possible because of Tua's willingness to hang in the pocket and do a remarkable job. Just a little bit later on that drive, I just want to look at this escape, which was just ridiculous. I mentioned that Tua has just a little bit of magic, and every Alabama fan that's listening to this that's watched Tua, this reminds me of his first career college start against Louisville. It looked an awful lot like this as he ran around and kind of just threw it up for grabs in the back corner of the end zone. Nothing would ever teach you or tell you to do uh, to tell him to do this, but he does it, and he somehow pulls it off, and he does it all. The time, it's amazing. I mean, he is all wrapped up, playing almost out of control. The pocket collapses on both sides. He wants to escape out. They do a really nice job by Arizona's defense of containing his attempt to escape. Nothing's there. He puts his foot in his ground and somehow weasels his way through the front of the offensive line and goes north and south for a 17-yard gain to give him a first and 10 at the Arizona 11. Just one play later, he throws that game-tying touchdown. So these were just a few plays that I pulled that I thought showed what was a really, really impressive performance from Tua Tungvaloa in his first career road start against another excellent rookie quarterback. Or Excuse me, not rookie quarterback, an excellent young quarterback in Kyler Murray. I think Tua, if he can continue to stay healthy, should have a really special career. And who knows? He has his team, the Miami Dolphins. They're knocking on the door of not just a playoff spot, but if all things go the way they could potentially go, they might be playing against the Buffalo Bills in Week 17 with a chance to win the NFC East. Who would have thought that? Tua Tungabaloa could very well enter the Rookie of the Year conversation if, in fact, he positions the Miami Dolphins with his team play. For all of us here at Inside the Pocket, I'm Greg Macle. Remember, you can get this podcast and all of your podcasts wherever it is you get your podcast. And you can get the Inside the Pocket podcast on the SiriusXM app.